Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Lou was the kind of person that you're never really sure if he's telling you the truth. A schemer and a liar. That's probably the best way of summing up his personality. So tonight we begin with a question. Are the boys biting the hand that feeds them? Or is the mentor taking advantage of his naive creations? I want it that way. Blimps, boys, and Big Papa. Lou Pearlman, part one. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters. We are the Jacques Cousteau of deep dives into the minds of the greatest con artists of all time. If you're a lion hustling, no good huckster, we're coming for you. I'm your co-host, Cena Gaznavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Follow me on the socials at Cena Now. Follow Justin Williams on Instagram only or Facebook if you do that sort of thing. At Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. And follow Ariel Lieti on the socials at Ariel Lieti. Fam, it's great to see you both to move on from diamonds and abortions. Yes. I love talking about Lou Perlman. Yeah. Well, both both of those things are a, a girl's best friend, actually. That's true. That is not untrue. But I do love talking about Lou Perlman and his nonsense. It is nonsense because we're going to Lou. We're going to expose the frauds of one of the most successful music producers ever, Lou Pearlman. Uh, he was a nerd to those that abused him and Big Papa to those that he um, abused, which is uncomfortable to say. Dude, we're going to get into some weird shit in this episode, too. I think we need to talk about some sort of trigger warning. I don't think it's going to be in this episode, but this man is very fucked up, and there's no criminal, like— adjudication or any charges or anything like that, which is what makes him such a awful or made made him such an awful person. Cause spoiler alert, he's dead. Uh, he was, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he's also a man that looked at the menu of the seven deadly sins and sang with a tone deaf ear. I'll have all seven. And so guys, what, what do you think the etymology is? of this man's name. Where does the name Lou Pearlman come from? Lou is in toilet. Mm. Oh, yes. That's it. And Pearl, man. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. 
<laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Lou Perlman, talent manager, producer of the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, O-Town. Backstreet sold more than 130 million records. And between them and NSYNC, they had six top 10 singles each. Lou Perlman's incredible success in the music business is dwarfed only by his success in running a $300 million Ponzi scheme over the course of four decades, which is, wow, the kind of dedication you need to do that is incredible. So what drove this man to a life of crime? What drives anyone? Were his parents to blame? Well, I'll be honest. They certainly didn't help. Let's get into it. Perlman's mother. Imagine. This is This is crazy. Perlman's mother had suffered two miscarriages, and as a result, when Lou was born, his mother considered him a miracle who could do no wrong. Yuck. Yeah. I can imagine. Can you imagine that, though? That's got to be that's got to be a natural that thing sucks. that happens. Yeah. 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 But that sucks that it's this guy. It sucks that it's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly I don't you know, I feel bad for her or whatever, but I. But it sucks that it's Lou Perlman. Well, you know, the, the problem, the first two were presidents. That's the That's real sad true. part. <laughs> no. Toilet Perlman. She spoiled him rotten. And it's, but it's, listen, it's not like all spoiled kids become Ponzi scheming sexual predators. But surely the trauma of losing those pregnancies could make a mother look the other way at a burgeoning sociopath. He can do no wrong. What, what mother wants to believe their son is a con artist or a sociopath or an awful person? It's no. Very rare, right? No, my, my grandmother is 95 years old and my 72-year-old uncle, that's still her child. Yeah. Right? Same. Yeah. That's a thing. We have the same dynamics in our family. <laughs> I won't mention anymore, but yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. If you get infantilized your whole life, then it's like, what? Well, oh, I'm just a baby. I'm not doing anything wrong. What's the problem? I'm it's just, just money. Baby. I'm just a baby. I'm just a little baby. <laughs> Please save. But you know, I think what's really the crux here is Lou's dad. Not a good influence. No. He owned a dry cleaning company, but cleaning wasn't the only service he was providing to his neighbors. Money he laundering. Got dirty. <laughs> well, no. Go oh, close. Man. That would have been good. Close. So he got he got very he got even dirtier than money laundering. So dirty that he fathered a child with another woman who lived in the same neighborhood. Everyone knew about it, but the Perlmans never acknowledged it. Yeah, that's commonplace back then though. Yeah, right? No, but <laughs> not acknowledging it and completely yeah, that's distorting reality. He leaves on the weekends and we don't know why. Oh my He's got his God. second family. That's, Who amongst us? You know, I listen. I've done. Listen, a laundry <laughs> service is a good cover. Yeah, for <laughs> cheating because you always have to take the sheets out the house. Yeah, you got to take the sheets out the house, then you have to leave for long weekends. Yeah. Oh, we got to do this dry. A lot of dry cleaning is good. Take a long weekend. Long I weekend think or two. Is yeah. <laughs> Ladies, if you're single. Um. And you dating a man who's always washing his sheets. <laughs> He's not just a clean guy. Yeah. That's somebody you gotta look out for. And that's the only thing he washes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't wash his sheets ever, that's also a different type of a flag. So yeah. be careful about that. That's true. 
Go so guys, welcome to Lou Perlman. And, and when we say deep, I mean we mean a deep dive. Over the next three episodes, we'll track his journey from blimps to boys to big houses and eventually the big sleep. <laughs> <laughs> from blimps to boys. <laughs> all the big bees. <laughs> We're hitting all the bees. First up is the origin story. The pre-boy. Band years. <laughs> oh, Cena. I, I had too oh, much fun Cena. with that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> was that, that was creepy. I know, I know. So, some people become fraudsters, but some people are born to it. Lou Perman's first words were, trust me. Probably not. But Lou was a man whose lies could be larger than his life. Welcome to the Fraudster's Top 10 Songs of Lou Perlman. Starting off at number 10 is a song that perfectly encapsulates Lou's version of his childhood. From the Backstreet Boys, this is Larger Than Life. <laughs> I love that song. Don't play with me. <laughs> Perlman's childhood is mostly the stuff of fantasy. Lou Perlman, as we'll discover, is an unreliable narrator of his own story. Here are a few tales often repeated by Perlman about how his empire began. In his autobiography, which is chock full of honesty, he claims to have had early success with a lemonade stand. How original, hmm? How original. But he was an innovator, guys. Instead of a standard nickel, he set the price to seven cents per cup, realizing that no one would ask for their change back from a dime. What do you guys think? Is this great business? This is, you like this. I, Ariel, this, I knew you'd like I, this. You know, I love a this little, is, you're just so a little supportive skimming of a little off the top. What's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong? What you what's be? Wrong with, what's wrong with a little bit of, I've spent a lot of time making this lemonade and it's <laughs> seven cents now. We're going to ask me for three cents? No. Pennies? No. Yeah, and it is a monstrous act to give a child a dime and ask for change back. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And he knows that. Incredible. He also claimed, though, this is what's even, this is what, much worse. He also claimed to have bought up paper routes from older kids for $500 each and expanded his business to include door-to-door -door breakfast service thanks to a partnership with Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nice citizen came. Yeah, exactly. This is all bullshit. The older kids were later interviewed and denied this ever happened. Imagine oh. getting that interview, right? Oh, no, these are lies. See how I am yeah. gullible? I'm like, don't yeah. don't sponsor this child. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Spinob. Oh, no. No, but guys, we, we called Duncan to see if they had any uh, record of business with uh, the young entrepreneur. Noreen, can we, can we play the audio of the call? Oh, yeah. Lou Perman? Um, hold on, I'll check. Hey, Bonnie, do you know if we, uh, in the 1960s, ever partnered with an eight-year-old newspaper delivery tycoon to provide breakfast for his clients? Okay. Uh, Bonnie's just saying yes, so we did it. Uh, we provided breakfast for all of his newspaper clients, and there's nothing weird about that at all. Thanks for calling Duncan. <laughs> so was that Duncan headquarters that we just called? That, that is Duncan headquarters. That is that is where's, on, where's the HQ? It's on Long Island. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's got to be Boston, right? 
<laughs> is I it wasn't Boston? really clear on which accent that was. Yeah. I don't really know either. Guys, you know my accents are just kind of like a vibe. So it was you the whole time? No, no, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, cut this. Cut that. Could you imagine all these people on the paper route? Like, they just trace uh, type 2 diabetes along this paper route because everyone's just been eating Dunkin' every day. Every morning along yeah. with their paper. His building was situated across an expressway from the Flushing Airport. There, from his bedroom, he got his first glimpse of the Goodyear blimp and fell in love. And he became a balloonatic, which is an awful word, and would go to the airport and beg the workers to let him have a ride on the blimp. But the workers would not let him ride, citing that they were only allowed to take members of the press for rides, not 10-year-old kids. <laughs> so, the, so the next day... Perlman wrote an article for his elementary school paper, and after it was published, he took it to the airfield to prove his press status and then was granted a ride on the blimp. I'm on board. This is incredible. Uh, look, I like his early stuff. I this, really do. I is this really a like Kanye it. thing? <laughs> his, early, his early cons, beautiful. Oh, I write for my school paper. Yes. Huge fan. <laughs> It's something that is cute only in the context of this moment, but he's also like learning the skills of a con artist. He's yes. like, well, yeah. forge something. But this could yes. also be like a child that won't give up. I'm just wondering, like, it's also about the parents. It's like, who is this 10 year old who's just alone at the airport? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How did he get there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this reminds me of like Barry Minkow, too. It's just yeah. like he was like hustling from an early age, bribing people to like go on dates with him. And he was just doing it. He didn't care. It's like cute in that context. You're right. But once you move on and see all the rest of it. Not but great. Lou Perlman. Uh, yeah. Lou Perlman at this point was hooked. He started hanging around and helping out around the hangar for minimum wage, learning the biz. I mean, that's. The origin story, at least his origin story. So Perlman says the apartment was on the opposite side of the building from the blimp hanger. But the person whose bedroom actually faced the blimps was his friend, Alan Gross, who was five years older than Lou. In fact, his room was adorned with models of blimps and airplanes. Alan was actually the blimp enthusiast, not Perlman. The person who wrote about blimps in his school paper was gross, oh. not Perlman. Oh, no. The person who worked around the blimp hanger was gross, not Perlman. In fact, today, Alan Gross is known as Airship Al. And Airship is a blimp, by the way, if we didn't really say that already. <laughs> According to Alan Airship Al Gross, Perlman would hang around the airport observing the workers and the business, but never did any work himself. We'll be right back after this. Jump into the world of Wild Kratts at Philadelphia's Please Touch Museum. Explore the world of this PBS Kids series in the Wild Kratts Creature Power Museum exhibit, opening May 31st. Discover animal habits from around the world as you swing through the trees like a spider monkey. Sneak through the forest like a jaguar, hunt for lunch like a platypus, and much more in this adventurous new exhibit. Get tickets at pleasetouchmuseum.org. That's pleasetouchmuseum.org. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. 
ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. So, Lou Perlman stole his origin story from this guy, Airship L. He stole his identity. Stole everything. This is like American Psycho or like Fight Club or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? It's so wild. Like you just took that man's everything. What it's like thing. if I took someone's like D&D passion. Like what is the, the nerdiest? You pick the nerdiest thing to take from somebody. Well, I'm pretty offended by this, you know, especially because, you know, in my life, you know, I grew up in rural Alabama and I had to have braces on my legs and a lot of kids uh, <laughs> made fun of me. And until they found out that I could run extremely fast. And yeah. th- that talent took me to the University of Alabama. It served me well during my service in Vietnam, where <laughs> I met, I think, two American presidents. And then <laughs> when I became also the world's greatest ping pong player. Yeah. You know, after losing my friend in Vietnam and then starting one of the great shrimp franchises in America as a side thing. Wait um, a minute, Justin. Wait a minute. That sounds Wait. like Bubba Gump. <laughs> no, it's Forrest Gump. <laughs> is that Forrest or Bubba? Bub- Bubba is, no, Forrest, Bubba Gump Bubba's is the, the name friend. of the corporation. But Bubba's the friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're Who, right. Who's obsessed with shrimp? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this. I'm pretty sure Justin's not from Alabama, but I'm going to keep letting Wait. him tell his lies. Yeah. <laughs> you see how I supported you the whole time? I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that uh-huh, really, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That tracks, sure. He's got a shrimp, <laughs> shrimp store. That I know about. And those braces <laughs> must have been so painful for you. <laughs> I supported so, you the whole time. Let, let me throw this other story by you that Lou Perlman said. He said when he was a kid that he was close, not only close, but related to Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> That's very random, but okay. Okay, so we have a clip here. ABC did a thing from pop to prison that tells us a little bit more. Lou did not grow up as the coolest guy at his school. Lou has a pocket protector. Lou pulls his pants up really high. Lou is not a hipster. I think Lou was always a little bit of an outcast. Lou was the kind of 
person that you're never really sure if he's telling you the truth? <laughs> well, I think we could be sure that he was not telling you the truth. I think that is it's like clear. A slow zoom in on a, on a child. It's like he's always been a liar. <laughs> Lou Problem was an uncool liar. Let's do a documentary on him. Even when he like tell a white lie to somebody in front of me, he he would say, "Can you believe he, he you know he believed what I just said?" I think he became aware of his ability to have people trust him, sort of in a haphazard way. Once he became aware of that, he wasn't afraid to use it further. A schemer and a liar. That's probably the best way of summing up his personality. These are childhood friends, by the way. And then every once in a while, something would be true, but you just didn't know whether or not to believe him. So he used to say that his first cousin that he was very close to was Art Garfunkel from Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> when I was eight years old, I loved playing the guitar. I wanted to get into the guitar because I saw my cousin, Art Garfunkel. I mean, if you hear this, you're like, absolutely not. No chance in hell, <laughs> you lying little shit. My tenth shit. cousin, twice removed. Yeah. Sounds but, like he was telling the truth one-sixth of the time. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. Oh, boy. We all said, oh, that's BS. You know, that can't be the case. It's not one thing. You know, he made up so many stories over our friendship. Sure enough, that turned out to be true. And he really did know him. Simon and Garfunkel were gigantic in the 60s. You probably remember them from Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my, my old friend. friend. Or Bridge Over Troubled Water. They were massive. Art Garfunkel sang at his bar mitzvah. Any available object, any tale or backstory that Luke could use to convince you that he knew what he was doing, he would use. And maybe the first thing he ever used that way was his actual relationship with Art Garfunkel, his cousin. I blame this entire thing on Art Garfunkel. I know. I didn't realize this was all Art Garfunkel's fault. This incredible. is all his fault. 100%. This is incredible. That's that's what's so, so crazy about these fraudsters, right? They'll use it, the seed of truth, right, and then they'll yeah. put bring the lies. All I feel them. bad. I was blaming Diddy the whole time, and really, it's Art Garfunkel's fault. But before we get to the music stuff, there were so many oh. businesses that came before his stuff in the music business, right? Lou enrolled in business school at Queens College. One of his class assignments had him create an imaginary business. Lou thought of it and proposed a commuter helicopter business that would ferry Wall Street types to area airports. He worked out the business plan and obtained permits for operating a helicopter in lower Manhattan, but lacked a couple necessities like helicopters and money. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, all right. Slight, slight problem. I want to start an airline business with no money or planes. Like, I just see how long that could last. I'm going to try to figure that out myself. I'll let you know. It's like if you declare that you are starting a safari business and you go to your investors and you're like, hey, everyone, I have an amazing idea. We're going to look at animals in Africa. All I need from you guys is the money, uh, transport to Africa, jeeps to a safari, and maybe a building or two, definitely some personnel and some maps probably. But don't worry. I already called Africa and they said we could do it. We're all working hard here, baby. <sighs> <laughs> 
Salou makes the calls to the Garfunkel family, lies about owning a helicopter already, and Jack Garfunkel agrees to help him get a second helicopter. Oh, you gotta be kidding. Another Garfunkel, by the way. In 1975, at the age of 21, he launches Commuter, 21, by the way, Commuter Helicopter Service, Inc., backed by a Wall Street group that purchases the helicopters and leases them to Lou. This business appeared successful on paper, but the cost of the upkeep of helicopters outpaced the revenue of the business. What do you guys, shine the blades on the helicopter? Helicopters constantly break? I don't understand. After a few years... Commuter Helicopter Service merges with Island Helicopters. Now he can finally size up to airplanes. In 1976, he starts a small aviation operation called Transcom Airways. It's a real business, but he doesn't have any actual planes. (laughs) I just don't know. Like, I guess at, at 21, this sounds like fun. But this seems like so much work. You don't have anything real. But you have to believe that you're eventually going to get it. You got to have the belief. And he believes in himself. So he rents a small twin propeller airplane and ferries businessmen from Morristown to area airports. You guys know Morristown. I know Morristown. So he's from Jersey? Well, Flushing, but then he went to Jersey to do all of his proper- To do crime. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Just making sure. Okay. You know. So then he ropes- he, then he meets and ropes in a former Nazi fighter pilot and airship manufacturer named Theodore Wollenkemper. Mm-hmm. And they started a separate business together called Transcontinental Airways. Hmm. You know, you are the product of the people you hang around most. Yes. And this is where I said I really liked his early works. Um, <laughs> this is where it kind of ends for me personally. Yeah. I'm glad you have a bright line Nazi test. Yeah, the line is Nazi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even though his business never went public, Lou begins pitching to family and friends to buy shares at, get this, $5,000 per share. (laughs) These investments grew on paper only, and his initial investors never saw any money back. But Perlman still had one goal in mind, and that was to own his very own blimp. Number nine on the countdown is rising faster than 99 red luff balloons. Lou Pearlman built a blimp business and made a fortune off of his blimp. Or more accurately, the blimp insurance when the blimp goes pop. Here is NSYNC's pop. <laughs> was that the, was that dirty pop? Yeah. that one? Dirty pop. I can't stop. This is what everyone's like, oh, beatboxing. Just JT can do it. (laughs) (laughs) From the streets. That's right. Yes. He tried to fucking Elvis beatboxing. So I don't know how well that worked out for him, though. Not great. I went back to finish Queens College and uh, did my thing in the county. I had to stick with business because it was so difficult to get into the music business. And uh, I loved it. I got my MBA. But most importantly was my love for both. But I stayed with aviation. I mean, blimps are kind of cool and interesting. No, no, no. I don't care what anybody says. I don't find them interesting at all. They, they're death What a balloons. weird thing to be fascinated with. What a psycho. Yeah. 
That was our first red flag, I think. But uh, he, he was trying to make a business out of it. Lou had this, I think, in retrospect, rather brilliant idea, which was to use blimps to advertise all kinds of products. He first made a deal with Jordache Jeans. So Jordache's jeans company, they made jeans that you had to like lie flat on the bed and have four guys zip them up for you. <laughs> Jordache, Jordache, remember? Jordache. He finds this blimp, <laughs> but by blimp standards, it's a kind of a cheap little blimp. But somehow he convinces Jordache to put their name on the side of it. And he'll put it up and they'll get all this advertising. No, not New Jersey. <laughs> it's, it's the same place where the Hindenburg crashed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So he got this janky balloon <laughs> and he launched it with Jordash on the side of it. Sponsored by it, Jordash. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had put so much gold leaf on the outside of the blimp <laughs> that it crashed in New Jersey and only made it a couple hundred yards. Only one aboard, the pilot, unhurt. A gust of wind that reportedly hurled it to the ground. Look, it was just it. like this giant crumpled like tin foil thing, what? but with gold leaf all over it. What a By fucking the way. clown. <laughs> And remember, gold leaf as a way to facilitate fraud uh, is a callback to if you attended or watched online the Fraudsters live show about Harry Grant uh, doing New York City Hall's building uh, all in gold as a way to facilitate his scam. Yeah. Hurled it to the ground, damaging its landing gear. What does Lou do? The blimp cost maybe five figures, reportedly. Lou has insured the blimp for millions. The Jordache blimp would have killed most businesses, but Lou Pearlman is not the kind of person who gives up. He creates this company called Airship International. It's a publicly traded company. He has shareholders in everything. I think when he got people investing in him, he had a pool of money to keep an appearance now like what his business was doing was good. But what he had was a, a pile of investor money that he bought a Rolls Royce with in a, in a penthouse apartment that made the investors feel good. He had two Rolls Royces. Which just, why did, it's like, why yeah. did investors sometimes are the smartest, dumbest people in the room? They gave him all the money and then he crashed the blimp, buys the Rolls Royces and has this like penthouse apartment and surely... They, they think he's a good businessman when he hasn't actually done anything successful except take their money? Taylor, no, not, 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 a, not a single receipt yeah. for any revenue. Just, just vibes. Just vibes. Just, you got a Rolls just, Royce, a penthouse, yeah. and vibes. And a blimp on fire in New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know if they were his or what. It had a fake phone in it. You know, he'd be driving one of them was a convertible. You'd see him driving it on this fake phone. I looked at Lou sometimes like a tabloid. Everything is like 10% of the truth and 90% of But Lou's a talker. He was a storyteller. And whether these stories were true or not doesn't really matter in the great sense. <laughs> Unless you're one of his investors. Yeah, unless you're an investor or in one of his bands or one of the people that he sexually assaulted. Like, what are we talking about here? This is so... Yeah. <laughs> it but really the story matters. was good. Mwah. Yeah, but I made people feel nice. 
his entrepreneurial stories made you feel more like you wanted to give him your money. Lou's I never feel like that. business for a while was successful. He leased blimps to McDonald's. As you can see on the tail, that's the name of our company, Airship International Limited. The idea is that he's going to create blimps and people will be able to advertise on the side of these blimps. His, his most famous campaign was actually when he ran uh, a blimp over Los Angeles that just read Ice Cubes of Pimp. Mm, <laughs> that's true. It was a good day. Lou wanted a blimp, but he couldn't afford one, so he decided to create one. Mm -hmm. Lou formed a company called Airship Enterprises LTD with his blimp-loving buddy, Al Gross. But blimps are expensive. <laughs> the cheapest blimp he could buy at the time was well over a million dollars, and an what? actually good one would cost a few million. It's just Damn, like all... For a blimp? It's like all fabric. That's like the biggest, you know, tapestry so thing. It's like a giant quilt or something, right? So Perlman bought a logging balloon for the basement price of $300,000. Okay, so we had to look up what a logging balloon was. Okay. And so it's a thing. It's a, 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 a balloon that gets tied to recently chopped down trees in the forest to lift them out to open areas where the workers can load them. I can't believe we use balloons for this kind of thing. This is incredible to me. Uh, so these balloons look more like hot air balloons without a basket. So Perlman paid to have it refashioned in the shape of a blimp. Do we understand what's happening here right now? He body contoured his blimp, <laughs> okay, with no, with no like little cockpit area, with just no basket, and this was supposed to be this thing that was supposed to, you know, be incredible. A BBL blimp. Yeah. <laughs> So then they had to get an advertiser. What's a blimp without a big advertisement on the side of it, right? And because that's what the blimp is. So you fly over an event, you get the advertisement. If the event is televised, there is a symbiotic relationship there. It looks so cool, right? The blimp gets the footage of the stadium from overhead, and the broadcasters in return mention this giant fucking blimp and the company that's advertised on it in the broadcast. Hey, this is Al Michaels here with Monday Night Football. And as you can see, the Brazzers blimp is flying over tonight's stadium. <laughs> Brazzers. <laughs> I know what Brazzers is. <laughs> I know that. I know that. After dozens of pitches, they finally found a company... Ah, uh, that George, that Justin used to stunt, by the way. I used to stunt as to, well. Yeah, Jordash. That's right, mm -hmm. back in my day. Wow, mm -hmm. what is what's Jordash clothing? Did you guys wear? I had this jeans is prime. and I had a jean jeans jacket. Okay, mm -hmm. Justin, you wore Jordash jeans too. I still right? do. I, I wear Jordash and Oshkosh by gosh. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, are these guys Persian? Who's Jordash? <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone is Persian, Cena. No, I'm just saying because listen, the here's he why. Like they, the horses, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had a large empire. Okay, we've been around, uh, but Jordash they they painted the whole thing with gold leaf. Mm. Okay, with actual gold leaf, which makes me it's like the most Persian move ever. Oh, that's so true. That's why it's, Jordash Persian. 
So they painted this entire balloon real gold, all right, and with giant maroon lettering, adding God knows how much weight to this logging balloon, right? On its maiden voyage, it was supposed to land a party for Jordash in the middle of Central Park. Upon landing, dancers would emerge from the blimp and start an amazing show. But it never got that far. Its first time leaving the ground with the new paint crashed near a dumpster less than a mile from where the Hindenburg exploded. Incredible. How do you do that? That's that's beautiful. That is so poetic, actually. Poetic. It really is. I'm sure someone said like, ah, oh, I hope this isn't a metaphor for your life, Lou. Yeah, right. This is like a red flag. Total red flag. Maybe not a red flag. It's a, it's a gold blimp is what it is. Yeah. I mean, was it the paint, though? I think it was probably. It was probably or was the there paint. something more devious? Because Perlman had insured the balloon as if it was a real blimp, believing he was going to get the real thing eventually. But when he got the logging balloon, the policy never got changed. Even though Lou had evidence of him writing the insurance company to alert them of this fact, nothing was done about it. After the lawsuit concluded, Lou was granted $2.5 million on his $300,000 investment. So this became an insurance scam. Yeah. Which I generally don't care about insurance scams, but like, this is crazy. This is like, he got, if if he would have been stopped here, I think we, those kids would have been safe. Everybody would have been saved. But it doesn't stop here, does it, Cena? It doesn't. Lou would have to wait seven years for that settlement to hit his bank account, though. In the meantime, this motherfucker wanted his own blimp, and he was going to get it. On the advice of some sketchy penny stock trader he knew, Lou started a new company called Airship International and immediately took it public, which is surprising because it was almost literally nothing but an idea. He had no money, no infrastructure, but that public offering raised $3 million, and he was able to buy his first blimp from his old pal, Wollenkamba. Yeah, this is old Nazi mm. stuff. Yeah, a lot of Nazi this, stuff. Or the Kaiser. Lots this is like the Kaiser's old blimp. Yeah. What is going on? We're counting down the top 10 transgressions from Lou Perlman. Lou's a seasoned criminal at this point and was sick of splitting half of his profits anymore considering he was doing most of the crime. That's why our number eight song of the week is All or Nothing by O-Town. So with the new capital in hand, Lou left his old partner, Alan Gross, in the dust. Alan Gross was not a partner of Airship International. In fact, he later discovered that his meager interest in the new company, 500 shares, had been signed over to a man named Alan Siegel without his consent. After all this was said and done, Alan Gross was only able to get about $11,000 from Lou for all his work in getting his empire off the ground. Imagine you are part of a blimp business that's been your childhood dream your entire life, and you get frozen out. And shares were sold without you knowing, and you get 11 grand at the end of it. It's so sad. That's super sad. I hate this. By a man named Siegel. But you know what's worse, though, is that that drove Alan to a life of crime. Mm. In a little side hustle that we'd like to talk about here, Alan Gross never left the blimp business. In fact, his relationship with blimps 
reached new heights in 2009 when he was arrested in Cuba while working as an American contractor on a program funded under the 1996 Helms-Burton Act. The Helms-Burton Act, as we all know, I'm sure, called for the overthrow of Castro's government. He was arrested and accused of crimes against the Cuban state for furtively bringing military-grade communication equipment designed to evade detection to members of Cuba's Jewish community, which is exactly what he was doing. He smuggled equipment and gave equipment to other people and instructed them to take it to Cuba one piece at a time. He really did this. The equipment that he was smuggling in was designed to allow certain communities to override Castro's communication blockade. This is incredible. He was convicted of spying and for, quote, acts against the independence or the territorial integrity of the state and sentenced to 15 years in prison in Cuba, which I hear is a really wonderful prison to be in. Not the best. Yeah, which Cuban prison is worse? Do you think it's uh, our prison or their prison? (laughs) (laughs) The U.S. disagreed that Gross was a spy, though some noted the covert nature of Gross's work. Gross knew of the risk he was taking in his mission. He was released from prison three and a half years later in a prisoner exchange in return for three Cubans convicted of espionage. Even though he was only in prison for five years, he refused medical and dental work as part of an ill-advised protest and his health had sharply declined And all of his teeth had fallen out. Damn. Lou Perlman, you did this. All right, (laughs) we'll be right back after this. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. So 
but back to Lou's business. At this point, Transcontinental Airlines, the business he owned with Woolen Kemper, claimed that it operated more than 49 aircraft, including 14 727s, and had annual revenues of $78 million. The new airship company took on a new partner in a 22-year-old British Nepo baby named Julian Bencher and began buying more plans thanks to another public offering that employed a Colorado-based boiler room to trick investors into handing over cash. I mean, the shell game this man was playing is incredible. <laughs> he secured lucrative advertising deals with McDonald's and MetLife, and then after he moved the company to Orlando, he secured deals with SeaWorld and Anheuser-Busch as well. And just like the old company, it made lots of money by destroying blimps. Four more blimps crashed or destroyed by Airship International. <laughs> and nobody thought that was weird? <laughs> well. No, so they're just they're like, oh, okay, well. This is totally normal. Totally normal. We're just, you know, it's, you know, it's about failing fast. Mm. Failing fast. Failing fast. Mm. You know, crash the blimp. We learn from it. We learn from our mistakes. Um, possibly Lou Perlman is responsible for more blimp crashes than anyone else in history. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds right. I would like someone to tell me who has crashed more blimps. I would really like. Um, no, for real though, at fraudstersLPN at gmail.com yeah, or, or on social. Blimp but, information, please send it our way. Yeah. Yeah. Who is blimp the, info? Who's the Billy Joel of blimp crashes? <laughs> Another fun game Lou played with Airship International was a multi-year pump and dump scheme in which he would buy and sell his shares over and over to inflate the price of the stock. On top of stock and Transcon and Airship, Lou also began to sell shares in a new endeavor he called an employee investment savings account. He promised at least an 8% return on shares of all these companies. So he had a lot of money to play with, but... It was time for him to chase his true passion, being around young, beautiful men. Ugh. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Ugh. Ew. Ew. All right. So, folks, before we get into the end of this episode, we wanted to kind of tease the rest of the series a little bit with a little game. And we wanted to bring in writer Nick Turner for that. All right. So let's get to this game, Nick. There's your, this is a, is it a Lou Perlman artist or a defunct dot com? Yes. Of the nineties and aughts. Yes. All right. This, let us have it here. Yes. Welcome to the fraudsters game show. I'm the game master, Nick Turner. Of course, <laughs> I'm the game master. Uh, my qualifications are being the only person Cena knows to ever win in a car on the prices right. So I think I know a little about games, people. Are you ready for the first of the Fraudsters Game Show? The name yes. game. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a name, and then you're going to tell me whether it is an artist managed by Lou Perlman or a defunct.com of the same era. That's right. So I'll say a name. You tell me whether it's a Lou Perlman artist of the 90s and aughts or a dot-com of the same era. Are you guys ready to play? Yeah. So happy we pulled you out of your co-working space for this. This is great. I'm so Well, excited. I'm still here, and people are staring. <laughs> I'm an artist, people. Okay. <laughs> Question number one. We don't have time for this. Question number one. 5OC. 5OC. What do you guys think? 5OC? That sounds like a Lou Perlman 
That's Ariel. Yeah. I, I think it might be a defunct uh, situation dot com? in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. You guys com, don't have you. to have the same answers. That's how we get a winner. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, <laughs> it's five kids from Orange County. That's what I think. Yeah. I think that's what I was, I was thinking of Orange County as well. I'm going to go with okay, five. So Ariel's the only one going. Start, I'm going uh, the other way. Okay. You're going with defunct.com and you are correct. Wow. It is a startup spelled O-O-O-O-O-C.com. That's how it's spelled. Ook.com. Great. You're you're up one. Okay, number two. C note. Oh, that's that's definitely a Lou Pearlman. Definitely Lou Pearlman. No, I still think it's a a defunct website or something from the nineties. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to defunct.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cena, you got it. Yes. Wow. It's Cena. a band managed by Pearlman. Wow. Um, okay. Number three, South Star. Wow. Oh, I wonder if that was mm. Lou Pearlman. If so, I'm, I'm going for Lou Pearlman, but I'm excited to find out the truth. It sounds like one of those 90s internet relay companies you know that used to like we were like we provide you know isdn services to clients mm. in the south mm. uh, but i'm gonna go with fun. lou perlman i'm gonna do a little perlman okay lou justin dot uh, com okay okay ariel where were you on this one uh lou perlman lou perlman okay it is a lou Perlman managed rapper. Wow. Smiles wow. and South Star was Lou Perlman. Mind blown. Smiles and South Star. South Star. Yeah, oh. that would have really given it away if I had added Smiles. I was going yeah, to say Smiles, but I, I didn't want to give it away to the rest of them. You know what I mean? I wanted to. Yeah. Be... Don't worry, guys. There's some easier ones coming up. I'm like, shook. Uh, okay, number five. Us five. Hmm. Now you don't know. You not trust in your own brain. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Us five. That sounds like a MySpace type thing. So I'm going to say dot com. Okay. I'll say I'll say dot com as well. Yeah. Okay. Us five. It does sound like a group though, man. Justin, <laughs> I'm going to go dot com. Uh, that's a band, folks. Come on. Don't wow, think about these wow, two. <laughs> wow. I overthought it. Really also, overthought it. Number four. So we went straight to five. I'm going back to four. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, all we can do is out of order. Okay. Um, here's a, here's a, here's an easy one for you guys to reset. O-Town. Yeah. That's a looper. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's a looper. Looper. Original. Okay. That's I just a, wanted everyone to feel good for one second. <laughs> okay. Next. Dog pile. <laughs> oh, that's a website and it's dirty. Website. <laughs> website. It's a website. If that's yeah. a band, I'm buying all of their albums. Oh, right what now. if? That's like the last one he made. It's like, all right, everyone. <laughs> the auditions are let's see who can join this dog pile. <laughs> all right, you got it, guys. Um, okay, next up. Cool. Mm. Wait, how is how cool do you spell it? How do you spell yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it K O O L? That is a great question. I don't know if I can give you the answer, but I will. <laughs> okay. I looked at my producers and it was the mirror. Okay. <laughs> cool is spelled C U I L. 
Oh, that's a website. <laughs> website. C-U-I-L. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a website. This what does that website do? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, had a, I had what the couple of them did, but not all of them. You know what? Do some search. Do some research. Okay. Do your own research. Um, Here we go. All right. Okay. Two more. LFO. Definitely also, a band. What does it stand for? LFO oh. is a band, and it stands for Ladies Fingering Others. Okay. You only wow. get it if, L- if you get L- this L- LFO. LFO, the light, funky ones. Okay, oh, that's man, true. No. Oh, man. Wow. No. That okay. is true. I forgot. Okay, number nine. You guys ready for the last question in our game? Okay. I don't know how these numbers worked, but okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm guessing that two of you are old enough to know this, and one of you okay. may not be. I'm, I'm not going to reveal who. Excite. <laughs> Uh, that's a website. I think that's a, <laughs> a website. Yeah. website. Yeah. Wow, it's too late. Yeah. Now, Ariel, that's Ariel, Ariel, what were you going to say? Like a great I was going to say website. Yeah, you were going to say website, I was going to say website. I was. There's Escape, uh-huh. <laughs> Just Kicking It, and there's Excite, <laughs> which is a, a website. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that has been the Fraudsters Game Show, the name game. I'm your host, Nick Turner, the Game Master. Congratulations, everyone. It's a three-way tie for first place in my eyes. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. That was an amazing game. I'm glad uh, we're all winners when it comes to the Lou Pearlman game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes for the show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Frosters is hosted by me, Sina Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Oconcia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is, you know him, Nick Turner. Our researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gorton. Executive producer is me, Sina Gaznavi. And this has been a production of Zero Cool and Last Podcast Network. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.